You are listening to Metrics and Chill, a podcast about business metrics and the interesting ways that people improve them. I'm John Benini, and I'm your host. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Metrics and Chill. My guest today is Ramley John. Ramley is the managing director at Product Lead, which is a company that helps product companies, software companies, scale through product-led growth. They primarily do this through services, through courses, through books. I'm sure many of you listening have read Wes Bush's, I think it was just product-led growth was the name of the first book. And Ramley, sounds like you guys have a second book coming out this summer. So little little teaser for that here. But Ramley, welcome to the show. Excited to finally meet you in air quotes and, uh, and have you on, man. Good to have you on. Yeah, thanks, John. I'm super excited to to share at Metrics and Chill all the the stuff that we're working on. Tell me about the book. So, uh, I remember product led growth was pretty ubiquitous in the software community when it came out. What, like two years? Is it two years ago now? And yep. I don't know. Wes has been doing a lot of work. I didn't know there was a second one coming out. So tell, like, what's the tentative title and and what will this one be about? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Wes gets asked a lot of questions about activation and user onboarding. So he only had one chapter, and that chapter was the longest chapter, 13. I think it was like 8,000 words itself, just that (laughs) one chapter. For context, one chapter is typically between three to 5,000 words. So people kept asking him, and I just took the charge with writing a book completely about user onboarding. We created this framework, a six-step framework to help people improve their onboarding experience called Eureka. So that's like Eureka and, you know, aha. Sure. Uh, it's coming out in, in June. That's awesome. And it's a perfect segue because that's the metric that Ramley's going to be talking to us th- about today, which is activation rate. And specifically for one of the clients that you worked with at Product Led. So first, why don't you just give us some background on who the client was, why they came to you, and 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 why activation rate specifically was a priority over, say, you know, a dozen, a half a dozen th- other things that you could have been doing? Yeah, uh, the client was, was uh, it's a company called Snapa and CEO there, Christopher Gimmer. Uh, what Snapa does is they e- help marketers and product people create images easily. Think of it like very similar to Canva, but um, very simple to use as well. But the opportunity really came up when we noticed that, you know, we were looking at like, why why is their MRR uh, flattening? And we looked at their analytics and one of the things that showed up was well, there was something in their, in their sign up process that was really like the bottleneck to their whole growth that we realized. And it was essentially when you people sign up, I'm not sure if you get this all the time, John, but and other listeners might be, uh, might relate to this. When you sign up, they you, you put in your email address and you hit a wall, it says, Go to your email right now and click confirm. Like that, yeah, the double is opt-in. Such, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Especially for signing up for a product led, people are very impatient, right? Very, very impatient. And we found that twenty-seven percent of people who 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 get there actually don't check. They don't. They're like they're really bummed out. <laughs> they're bummed out, and they don't end up going back to the email to check. So twenty-seven percent of the signups would not go and confirm their email address. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's that's it. Twenty seven would not. They absolutely did not want to go, or they got stuck, or they got bored, or they got distracted. That's the thing with users. It's like people are distracted, and you know, once they hit that wall, 
they'd rather go have lunch or watch Netflix <laughs> or YouTube or something else. And yeah, that's that's exactly the opportunity that we found with 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 the uh, activation. Yeah, it seems to be common. I know it's it's done for good reasons, right? Like list cleanliness and, you know, keeping keeping bots out and things like that. So, but that that was the signal that or the low-hanging fruit coming in that you guys looked at was activation rate is is or MRR is flattening primarily because there's a decent swath of users that just aren't getting into the product after they signed up. They're not confirming their email address. So your hypothesis was essentially if we could remove that friction, you could have more users coming into the product. You probably already knew the conversion rates, so you could you could forecast probably how many more users were, were going to be signing up. I'm guessing that was the conversation you were having. Exactly. Yeah, and that, that's the conversation we had with him was like, you know, we understand that this you're trying to block out those Russian hackers or whatever hackers you want from <laughs> trying to get in. I understand there are purposes for that, and there are technical, uh, you know, other technical solutions that is beyond my technical capabilities in terms of like blocking out. Uh, those those spammers, like whether that's, uh, I wouldn't get into the details, but like yeah, there are some other technical solutions. But that was the conversation we had. We just set up a little experiment for like a few weeks to say, hey, what if we remove this 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 big friction point for a lot of people? Would people actually go through and use the product and experience it? And once they experience it, would they actually make the purchase once they experience it? And that's exactly what we found was just removing that one thing, and we did other things that I can talk about, uh, you know, improving their their whole activation experience. Uh, and after six months, we we saw a twenty percent bump into their MRR by that that small removing removing something in their onboarding experience. Right. So so yeah, let, let's let's back up more towards the the actual execution of it. So obviously, you were looking at the data, saw that the MRR had kind of flattened out. Um, how did you pinpoint activation rate, right? Because there's there's a couple mm-hmm. metrics you could have looked at that said like, okay, you know, this is why MRR is flattening. Could be churn, could be upgrades are, are down, could be a, a few other things. What specifically led you guys to say, you know, okay, it's the activation rate, that's the area of the funnel, these other areas are working efficiently? Just based on experience working with companies, particularly product-led companies, the biggest bottleneck for a lot of product-led companies that we talk to is activation. Activation has such a big impact into everything else. Like we, right. you know, I, I know Profit well with uh, Patrick Campbell. There, they did a study that says, you know, like improving your act, improving your activation has a huge like it could in, in, impact your retention by two to three times just by improving your activation as well as your your revenue. So that that's essentially what our go-to is. Usually for a product-led company, if there's an MR issue, we start with the activation because if if that if that you know imagine like having a child, like having a child, and you know if the foundation and early stage of a child is not set, <laughs> they're not gonna turn out to be a good adult human being usually right <laughs> and it's the same thing with users if you don't have the foundation from their the beginning stage creating that experience creating that magic moments they're not going to stick around and if it's a SaaS product retention is king they're not going to stick around and pay you over and over again and that's that's usually what we're look at and 
and you know that's why we dug into activation you're right like there could be other things like upgrade that that would have been that would have been our next clue if their activation was amazing right. which for most product-led companies we talk to is usually not the case not the case certain yeah. things you could improve yeah improve there right right yeah starting with the existing customers happy customers right would seem would seem logical but yeah, so you're starting basically at the beginning. So you're obviously the, the companies who are working with product led are experiencing some sort of some sort of uh, either flattening in their in their funnel or they need to increase more at a higher velocity than they are now. So you you typically look back at the beginning because activation rate for most product led companies tends to be poor, um, which makes which would make sense, right? Because uh, product-led companies, by definition, aren't—you know—they don't have salespeople calling in in most cases, right? They don't have people calling into these leads. So, what are they doing in most cases? Relying just on email, right? Obviously, the product, but are they doing email sequences as well, or is it mostly based on behavioral—you know—behavioral triggers in the product that then send certain emails or upgrade notifications and things like that? That's such an interesting point that you made there. Typically, what I find is they do nothing. Like they send one email and product. And the reason why, and this is the reason why I call user onboarding or activation the ugly duckling of growth. And the problem is for a lot of product-led companies, they either focus on the top of the funnel, which is like acquisition, like let's acquire more users, man, whatever it takes. Right. And the other end is like product, just focus on churning out new features over and over again. And there's this middle piece around the activation where it's it gets it gets forgotten <laughs> essentially. Right. And they send one email and it's not even behavior based like you mentioned. It just hello, welcome. Uh, come Here are the three in, features you should it. check out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Check this out. One, two, three, four, five. And it's like, oh my goodness, it's so overwhelming. Like, and haven't even set up the product, product yet. <laughs> yeah, they haven't. <laughs> exactly. And maybe like a productor, maybe a productor that's like, here's how you set up your image. Here's how you do this. Like, right. it's often forgotten and users can feel the, I'm going to call it like sometimes laziness or, or, or the, the ignorance or I'm, I don't know a good, a better way to put it, but like some the users can feel it when they're being neglect, neglected early on, they feel lost and they abandon. Uh, and that's the reason why that us that's usually what happens. Right. That's interesting. So, all right. So you're working with Snappa. You realize that, okay, activation rate could be better. Is there a specific, obviously this is going to be variable, right? Depending on who you're working with. Is there a benchmark you're looking at that's like, okay, the activation rate is satisfactory. Like, let's look other places. And like, what was the red flag that was like, okay, this, this, this is the area right here that we need to focus on. Yeah, that's a really good point. Another point there, uh, Red Point VC. I forgot who wrote it. He he. They studied over a hundred SaaS companies, and yeah, the standard for product-led companies that is open that that doesn't have a salesperson is between five, five to ten percent activation from okay. free from free to paid. When you have sales assisted, so you have salespeople like following up with new for users, uh, he finds that between ten to fifteen percent is the standard there. And definitely, I don't want to reveal exactly where Stapa was at, but it was definitely below that average. That there was an opportunity there, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so you see, all right. Let's start with activation. You realize the first thing is that there's 27 percent of people aren't even 
confirming their email and getting into the product. What kind of sample size were you working with here? Like, is it 27% of 200 signups or were they doing thousands, tens of thousands? Like what was the, what was the sample size? Yeah, um, they, they were definitely up there. They, they had a great marketing engine. So I would say they had probably multiple thousand signups per per month. Right. And that sample size like that, that little that's the reason why that that MRR was uh, significant, because just a small improvement into your activation that their activation like allowed more uh, people to really experience the value of what they were doing. Right. And so like walk me through how that worked. Like sounds simple enough, right? You're removing the double opt-in, but like what other stuff did you do to make sure this worked, right? Cuz there could be other things whether they were had a campaign email campaign running at the time, a blog post or other thing, right? That could sort of skew the results. Did you run any AB tests and split test this to see if the people that uh, removed the double opt-in if they converted at a high rate like walk me through the actual process. What, what was your approach to actually shutting off the double opt-in and actually making, you know, trying to make it work? Yeah, that's, so you, you, you're already leading towards it. That's exactly what we did. We did a, a split test. Uh, we drove one traffic to a different sign-up process where they, they were required to double opt-in. And then we were, then we sent the other uh, 50% of the traffic into one where that was uh, removed. And yeah, we, 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 we let it run for, for four weeks before we concluded that, hey, you know, we just saw like an increase in people actually driving to that point. For them, their activation, that how they define activation was completing a design and downloading it uh, from snapout.com. And then that what we saw was like, yeah, there was that 20% bump in terms of people actually getting to that point. And we followed through like typically with, 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 a, with a product like company, like it, Sometimes it takes a while for people to end up like paying for it. So we definitely followed through for the next few months. Like I said, we looked at after six months is when we, we looked at, okay, he, you know, from the sample size that completed it to, to the ones that actually didn't complete it, we, here's the comparison in terms of MR uh, in the last six months. And what did you see there? Yep, you know that's what we saw. We saw like there was you know a higher increase in activation, people getting to that activation. Uh, we didn't we didn't see a huge increase in spammers or that 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 Chris was definitely scared uh, afraid about. It's like oh we're gonna get a bunch of spam, uh, and definitely like he was working with his tech team to make sure like they were implementing those other technologies that would make sure that they they they, they don't sign up with fake emails. As well as like you know increasing activation and as well as that MR like we looked at the last six months and there was that twenty percent MR increase for the ones that didn't have to double opt in and for the very reason because they've experienced the product like you're not gonna pay for something that you haven't found valuable especially if it's free like there's a lot of free options there right so just that that activation resulted in that bump in terms of MR so twenty percent increase in MRR from basically just removing the double opt-in and getting more users into the product and experiencing the product. So, yeah. Sounds so simple, right? Right. It It, it almost sounds too simple, yeah. But it it makes sense, right? Like, especially with a design, I find that whenever I've used tools, like, you know, I use use Canva. And usually whenever I jump in Canva, I need to do something right now. Like, Mm. I'm not jumping into Canva because I'm thinking about a project next week or next month. I'm usually like... Oh, we need obviously now we're we're users of Canvas, so we we have a process down for it. But like usually when you jump in, you're like, I need this watermark for this video, or I need this graphic for this blog post that's going out tomorrow. So to your point, if you get hit with a double opt-in, or maybe it goes to your promotions folder, 
or and and they feel like they don't receive it because I know it's happened to me where I've signed up for a product and I don't get the confirmation email. <laughs> and like yeah, ma- maybe it gets lost in my spam folder, maybe I just don't see like where I'm like I don't know where this email is. Like I I can't even get into the product until I click this link and yet I don't I'm not getting the email. Could be something on the back end on the company side, could be it was in my spam and I just couldn't find it. I, I don't know. But that has definitely happened to me where I haven't I haven't been able to get the email. Um, and if you need to get something done right now, right, like you're going to move on. Um, so it makes sense uh, specifically for a product like that, that seems like, um, more, I don't want to say episodic, but it feels like you would sign up with a purpose of you need to get a design done right now. I need to get a logo for this video, uh, something for this blog post. I need to design a featured image for this blog post. And, you know, I don't have a designer, like you need something done right now. It feels like that kind of tool, right? That people would sign up for. So it feels like that that would make a difference. Um, but it don't. But yeah, it does seem like it's almost too simple. <laughs> like just... it does, and it's just that simple thing. I I remember it was Scott Belsky. He's like the chief product officer. Uh, I forget. I forget now. He said Eventbrite or, or something like that, or Adobe. He's a chief product officer at Adobe, and he said, in the first fifteen seconds of a user, all users are lazy, vain, and impatient. And like maybe you're, you know, mm. maybe you're just talking about yourself. But I think in general, like today with just so many options uh, with, with different apps, like just one point where like people get stuck on like a wall, they will leave and they won't come back. They're they're You're totally right there. Like I'm in the, I'm in the same boat as you. And I'm sure a lot of people who are listening in are as well. Like if you if you lose that email, like you're not you're going to go look for another solution. You're going to go to Google and say, find me another thing like this. Right. Was there anything else that you did in terms of like the initial email that went out? Did you make any updates there either before that experiment, after that experiment, or or was was simply removing that double opt-in barrier that was that was really all you needed to to sort of unlock growth or was there any other subsequent steps after that that you did to further optimize that that activation rate? Yeah, there was actually two other things. So I the acronym I use for this is NES. So the first is necessity. Is this when when you're thinking about driving users to the first uh, valuable experience of your product, is that step actually necessary? The second one that we did was ease or reordered from easiest to hardest. And one experiment that we did was, you know, when when instead of like getting people to sign up before they download the, the a design, we actually moved it to the back end. Like after you've downloaded your design. Uh, then you sign up. So we were just trying out, like, will people actually end up signing up just because, you know, after they've actually experienced the value? And the last thing we did was simplicity. So what we we did was made sure that if there was, like, there was multiple questions that we were asking in terms of the sign up. So we just broke it up into to multiple pages. That and, and that that makes it sounds like it sounds simple again, right? Like, oh, break up your your sign up form into multiple pages. But it, in the human psychology, when you see ten fields in one page, you're like oh, dang it, man, this is this is like, this is too many fields. I'd rather just like get away instead of like splitting it up into three pages, that's, which, we, which we did with a progress bar. Then people are like, oh, it's just, two, it's just two fields. And the next page is, oh, it's just three fields. And the last page is, oh, it's just four fields. Specifically too, if you require credit card information for like a free trial, mm. um, that could be especially effective because when I worked for Litmus, they had... You know, I, I had growth there for a few years, and one of the biggest tests that I ran that worked 
was they had one one page form with the credit card in there. And so, you know, you're filling out all your information and it was a free trial. So seven days, if you canceled, you're not going to get charged. But people see that credit card field and they get scared off and you don't get anything. You don't get the email address. You get nothing. So we broke it into two steps, same information. But like you said, we broke it up four questions and four questions across two pages. And the conversion rates were higher. So people would convert at a higher rate just simply by breaking it up. But also the people who didn't, you had now you had their email address so you could follow up. And you yeah. can say, you know, maybe you can address that that pushback for the credit card information. Um, you know, you can, what, there, there were other things that you could say, right? You had, you had more people to then go back to and, and, uh, convey more value. Obviously they didn't see the value of the tool enough to include their credit card information. So you had another swath of users to, 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 uh, nurture in a different way. So it was effective in two different ways. And I remember, I, I remember pitching, uh, people on the executive team about it and they were like, really breaking it up into two steps that like. It's the same information. Like if they're gonna if they're gonna drop off on page one, why wouldn't they're gonna drop off on page two then, right? And it's it, and it wasn't like a small bump. It was a pretty significant increase. I feel like it was like a fifteen percent increase or something like that. So, um, yeah, I'm bullish on that too. Multiple page signups, especially if you're asking for payment info. Like people are gonna see that and just be distracted and get scared off, or like, nah, this isn't worth it. And if that's the case, you wanna you wanna be able to follow up with those people and nurture them in a different way. But also, once people fill out that first page and then move on to the second, now they've already kind of committed in their head. So when they see yeah, the credit exactly. card information, now they're like more likely to finish because they've already put their name, their email, their company name, their role. And they're like, okay, I, I, I you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna confirm this. I'm gonna complete my sign up, and if it, if it's the tool isn't what I need, then I'll cancel within the seven days. And it was just so strange. Uh, that was like the first time I really saw like the psychology of, of, uh, by, by aligning with, 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 you know, sort of user psychology like that, how you could really see significant improvements. So anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, I like that's actually from, uh, that that's actually from Robert Caldini's book. Uh, he wrote the book about, uh, yeah, Yeah. it's called, it's called the principle of consistency where like, you know, if you get somebody to say yes to something easy, uh, they're, they're more likely to say something yes to something hard, which is like a lot of great salespeople do, right? They get you to say multiple yeses and that's exactly what- Now it's just overused. You get like telemarketers <laughs> that call you and be like- uh, That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever thought, you know, they ask you like the most obvious question that they know that you're gonna say yes to and you're like, okay, I see what you're doing. <laughs> um, I mean, this is great, man. So 20% increase in MRR over six months. That's a happy client right there, I'm sure. Um, and yeah. from from low, fairly low-hanging fruit there to remove the friction. So really the lesson here is like any fr- sometimes any friction during that activation, that sign-up to activation process, uh, it sounds obvious, but it's going to slow things down. And if you're struggling in that area, it seems like something like this um, – you know, could potentially uh, sort of unclog that funnel a little bit. Yeah, no, that's totally true. I think just simple things to remove friction. I mean, I mean, if we have time, we can talk about certain types of good friction. <laughs> but in general, yeah, you're right. Like any, any, like if there's friction and it's blocking them from experiencing the uh, the, the value of a product, ask yourself, ask your team, is this worth losing? 
money over? Is this worth losing users over? Is it worth losing MRR over this little certain, even adding a telephone number or, or something right. else? Like a field, every field should be like, you should struggle with every field you add into your sign-up process sure. or even to that experience process. If you think about it, yeah. So last question, how did you, like what was your uh, stack for actually measuring the results? Like, you know, the split test results, the bump in, the bump in MRR over six months, like how did you guys measure that? Yeah, for that itself, we just set up to, the like, good thing he had a great tech team. We Once that was set up, we, I, uh, we used Google Optimize to, to get that going. And then we just drove two traffics into both. Uh, and then from there, uh, now we're using Databox for we're using Databox as well for our clients. So that's what that's what we're using going for. But we, at that point, we were just using Excel to like track our, our both of our cohorts. Right, right, yeah. So you move that stuff into Databox. That's cool. What uh, like yeah. what what tools specifically were they tracking MRR to like Stripe and and wherever they were tracking conversions? Yeah, they were they were using Stripe. Uh, yeah, and and as well, yeah, that was the primary thing where they were tracking their uh, their their recurring revenue. Cool. Great. This is awesome, man. This was a this is a lesson in simplicity, you know. Sometimes the simplest <laughs> the simplest changes, the smallest changes could drive big results. So, Ramley, thank you for coming on tell us this the story about Snappa and, and how product led helped them grow MRR by 20%, 20% bump in MRR uh, by removing just to revisit this from everybody, the double opt-in step that was uh, introducing some more friction and resulting in 27% of people sort of dropping off. So this is a great story, Ramley. Thanks for coming on and sharing it. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.